Good evening, Bucknutters. Welcome into Bucknuts. What we learned live following Ohio State's 52 to 21 win over visiting Wisconsin. Wow, what a performance from the Buckeyes. You get the feeling it could have been like worse than that if Ohio State wanted it to be. Goodness gracious. Uh, what a performance from the Buckeyes. I am Dave Biddle. Welcome to the show. We're going to hear from Bill Curlick here in about 15 minutes with the latest on recruiting. It was a big recruiting day and night for the Buckeyes. Uh, we're going to hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon late in the show after post-game interviews. Um, what a game from the Buckeyes. I mean, you know, I mean, could you ask for anything more than that? I mean, not that Wisconsin's a world beater, but they're a good team. Buckeyes were favored by 19. And they just absolutely smoked them by 31. And again, it could have been worse than that. It could have been worse than that. Loved what I saw of this Ohio State team, their speed, their physicality. The coaching, um, Cade Stover. We're going to get at everything that we learned um, about this game right after I, I uh, retweet the show here. Um, could not be more pleased with what I saw tonight. Could not be more pleased. Ohio State, without their two starting corners, both starting corners out. Number one wide receiver, although when I put that on Twitter, number one, number one wide receiver out, Jackson and Jigba, people are like, well, I mean, you know. Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka, I get it. But come on, I mean, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the school record receiving yards last year, we can call him the number one wide receiver. You're without both starting corners. You're without your number one wide receiver. And you blow out this Wisconsin team. Absolutely love it. I love how I'm pointing at, you know, the TV like, uh... and again, I'm going to get to all your questions later. Like, if don't fire in too many questions right now because I'm going to go in like what we learned and we'll get to questions later. But uh, could not be happier with what uh, I saw out of this Ohio State team. Again, so you got J.K. Johnson, redshirt freshman, and Jair Brown, true freshman, starting at corner. How about that? Um, absolutely love that. Buckeyes get the opening kickoff. Um, pinned back at the 15-yard line. What do they do? 85 yards, six plays. Bam. I mean, just like that, they just announced to Wisconsin, like, it's going to be a long night for you. Um, and then you got Tanner McAllister with the interception. How about Tanner McAllister? Uh, love what he's doing, bringing the wood. Um, I mean, hate to see the Wisconsin kid, uh, the tight end, get hurt, but um, you know Tanner McAllister bringing the wood when he hits. That was that interception was huge. And then Cade Stover. I mean, Cade Stover looks like the best tight end that we've seen at Ohio State in forever. And I don't say that lightly because. Even though like the stats haven't been there, think about some of the tight ends we've seen at Ohio State recently. Jeff Hireman was a third-round pick. Nick Vanette was a third-round pick. Both those guys were national champions, too. Hireman and Vanette. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert this past year, third-round pick. That's three third-round picks right there just since, what, like 2016, 2015? Um, and then Luke Farrell, fifth-round pick. Okay, so four uh, of Ohio State's tight ends, all the starting tight ends uh, since 2012 have all been drafted, three in the, in the third round, one in the fifth round. Cade Stover looks like the best of that bunch. I love it. He's explosive. He's tough. Love everything about Cade Stover. So we learned that Cade Stover is a stud, if we didn't already know that. How about Ryan Day? I mean, he just designed the heck out of this game. 
if you didn't already know Ryan Day was a wizard, you, you know now. And it's pick your poison with this Ohio State running back room. We learned, you know, Mayan Williams, you know, I don't know where you guys are at. I'm not going to pick between my kids here. I love Mayan and I love Trey. I, I love both of them. But, man, it's great to have both of them. Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson both going over 100 yards. You get Dallin Hayden in there late. Absolutely love that. Um, this is a good Wisconsin team. I don't. They're not great. Good Wisconsin team. And, and the Buckeyes just blew them out of the stadium. I mean, it, it would have been a lot worse if they wanted it to be. It would have been a lot worse if they wanted it to be. So, credit to Ohio State, their players, their coaches. Um, we learned they came in here with bad intentions when we learned that they were ready to go. So, credit to that. I mean, it was 28 to nothing before we knew it. I mean, 52 to 21 looks good enough, right? Don't forget, it was 28 nothing before we knew it. 28 to nothing. No Jackson Smith and Jigba, no Denzel Burke, no Cam Brown. 28 to nothing before you knew it. People saying ahead of time, Ohio State's going to maybe they'll be in trouble tonight. I think they were probably talking about Michigan was going to be in trouble. We, we learned one of the teams in the East looks like a beast, and one of the teams in the East that was said to be a beast, hmm, the latter's Michigan. They look okay. Now, Maryland is a good team. There's no doubt about that. But, man, Michigan looks um, overrated to me for sure. For sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can't say enough about – I mean, how about Jim Knowles? Is this exactly what you wanted from Jim Knowles? It's exactly what I wanted. It's exactly what I wanted. I, I didn't need that uh, that late touchdown from Braylon Allen, that, that little garbage touchdown against the backups. It was funny on Twitter. People were like, uh, why are the starters still in there? And then, like, Braylon Allen goes for that 75-yard touchdown. People are like, why are the backups in there? Um, I'm kind of, you know, saying that tongue-in-cheek, but um, – you know, it was um, good to see Ohio State take care, carry, take care of business like that against, you know, a very solid, tough Wisconsin team that I'm sure came in here thinking, listen, we haven't beat Ohio State. And they heard about this. Ohio, uh, Wisconsin did. Wisconsin had lost eight straight games to Ohio State coming into this one, including some big games, Big Ten championship games, 59 to nothing in the 2014 Big Ten championship game. So they came in here fired up. Everybody talking about Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator, and the Buckeyes just smoked him. Absolutely smoked him. So, um, yeah, I, I just couldn't be more impressed with what I saw out of there. Um, would have been good to just finish with, like, you know, uh, maybe like a, you know, a defensive touchdown instead of that, that long that touchdown run for uh, Wisconsin. But, you know, life is good when you win 52-21, to 21, and that doesn't even really tell us the, the tale of the story because it was actually worse than that. I mean, at one point it was 400 to 109 in total yards. 400 for Ohio State, 109 for Wisconsin in the second half in total yards. So, um, and I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, Mayan Williams to me looks – I love both of them. I'm not going to go there, actually. Mayan Williams to me looks great. It's just pick your poison, isn't it? It's just pick your poison. Like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? You want to try try and stop mine? Okay. And we also have Travion Henderson. And we've got Kate Stover now as a tight end. Oh, and by the way, we've got great wide receivers, even with a future first-round pick and Jackson Smith and Jigba out. And what do you get? I mean, CJ Stroud, that last touchdown to Emeka Ibuka, there was no window there at all. No window. No window at all. CJ Stroud's like, yeah, there's enough of a window. I got it. I've never seen a more accurate quarterback. I said last week he's the most accurate quarterback in Ohio State history. I mean, he might be up there with some of the best, you know, quarterbacks in history of football as far as accuracy. 
Love it. Absolutely. Absolutely love it. Um, I think the another thing we learned is the offensive line. Ohio State's offensive line deserves a lot of credit. Love what I'm seeing out of the offensive line. Luke Whipler is a dog at center. I love that he got, uh, you know, the, the first year starts out of his way last year. You know, as a redshirt freshman, maybe wasn't quite ready last year, although he played solid. Man, now as a third-year sophomore, man, that guy is a really good center. Paris Johnson Jr., you can see why he is projected as the number one offensive lineman off the board. That guy is just stonewalling people. Um you know, we've seen it now against Notre Dame with Foskey, and we've seen it with Wisconsin. Wisconsin has some dudes on defense. Wisconsin's offense is limited. I mean, Braylon Allen's a really good running back, but Wisconsin's defense has some dudes. And Paris Johnson Jr. was having none of it. I love this offensive line for Ohio State. So we learn off this offensive line is as advertised and maybe even better than we thought. And Justin Fry was a great hire. Great hire. Um, so... Yeah, Eric Montoya on uh, YouTube saying the offensive line has come together for sure. A lot of comments on the offensive line. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really like what I'm seeing out of this offensive line. And I think the depth's actually pretty good, too. Now, John on Facebook saying no pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I thought at first you meant, like, no pressure on Wisconsin's quarterback. I'm like, yeah, well, I see what you mean. Yeah, again, another comment on. Yeah, C.J. Stroud has a clean pocket, and C.J. was doing a good job. He does a good job of, like, you know, when the few times there are, like, is pressure on him, sliding in the pocket, doing what he needs to do. Um, really like there. Yeah, I know we have people talking about Cade Stover. How about Cade Stover? Who saw that coming? <clears throat> I'd be lying if I said I saw that coming. We have a lot of people saying, like, he's going to be over 30 uh, receptions. That's damn right. I mean, he's well over pace. And that's just for the regular season. He's overpaced for 30 receptions. If they play 12 games, like they'll play more than 12 games. Duncan on YouTube is Iowa, the toughest defense next. Yeah, I'd say so. You know, Iowa has no offense. I know they beat Rutgers today. Uh, Michigan state doesn't look good. I was the toughest defense next. Yeah, but that won't be a tough game. Wisconsin's better than Iowa and Iowa's not good. And Wisconsin's not that good. <laughs> People are mad. Some people are mad about them padding that the that the stats late with that uh, the starting running back being in there late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, if you're Wisconsin there, you're getting like you're getting embarrassed. Like you almost can understand if you're a Wisconsin fan. I hear you though. I didn't like it either. Kate Stover is a beast. Absolutely. I mean, he looks like an NFL tight end. This kid's gonna play in the NFL for a long time. He can block. He's more athletic than people thought. He's good hands. He really worked on his hands. Like everything he catches, it's like he's not like, you know, trapping it against his body. It's like, boom, strong kid. Mr. Football in the state of Ohio had almost 2,000 rushing yards his senior year. And that was what he did on the side. He was a running back. He had like 170 tackles as a linebacker, Mr. Football for a reason. The runner up for Mr. Football that year, Mayan Williams, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, Fleming is showing his five-star prowess, says Steven, on uh, YouTube. I agree with that. Benjamin on Facebook. Talk about these young DBs. I love Jair Brown. I love that he got his first start. I mean, I don't, I, I didn't love the circumstances, but I'm going to tell you, if, if you guys have been watching Bucknuts Morning 5 or, or been, you know, listening to our content on Bucknuts, Jair Brown's been a guy that has looked good to me since the spring. Enrolled early. A young man who played his high school football his last few years in the Cincinnati area at Lakota West, but actually born in Cincinnati, then really grew up in Louisiana and uh, 
New Orleans and played uh, a lot of football in uh, New Orleans before coming back to Cincinnati. Jair Brown is a dude. He's a dog. I mean, I love seeing number 18 out there. I think he's a future star. Now, did he do anything great tonight? No, but he held his own. He held his own. And I like seeing J.K. Johnson out there, too. How about that? A redshirt freshman and true freshman starting a corner. And Wisconsin couldn't do anything with it. Now, a lot of that's because Ohio State's defensive line and linebackers was completely just crashing the line of scrimmage. And Ohio State's D-line and linebackers destroyed Wisconsin's offensive line. And Wisconsin has a good offensive line. Is it like the best offensive line that we've seen from Wisconsin? No, it's not. We've seen much better. But still, Wisconsin has a good offensive line. And the Buckeyes front seven, front six, right, should I say, since it's a back five. The Buckeyes front six destroyed that offensive line. You know, with, with Knowles mixing it up, Eichenberg coming on that A-gap blitz here and there, sometimes faking the A-gap blitz, coming back. They didn't know it was coming. They did not know it was coming. This is what we love about Jim Knowles is he's going to mix it up. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to make you think, well, what's coming next? The offensive coordinator doesn't know. The quarterback doesn't know. The offensive line doesn't know. As he says, if you can just create a half a second of indecision, that's going to be bad news for the offense. It was bad news for Wisconsin's offense tonight. Bad news for Wisconsin offense. Yeah, Eric on Facebook, Tommy Arkenberg had a great game. Yeah, you can just, yeah. You just put that on repeat. Put that on a loop. Tommy Eichenberg has a great game every game. Something happened in the Rose Bowl, and he's been a stud ever since. Best linebacker play we've seen at Ohio State since uh, Raekwon McMillan. And uh, dare I say better than that. And I don't say that uh, lightly because Raekwon was a dude. We have Brandon asking, where did Burke go? Did he quit? No, I don't think he quit. There's something going on there, though. There's more to the story there. I'm not... We'll hear from Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy later in the show after interviews. We'll get all that, you know, stuff from the press conference. We're going to hear from Bill Curlick here in a few minutes on recruiting. Uh, very soon we'll hear from Bill Curlick. Um, but um, I don't think Burke quit. I do not think Burke quit, but um, I think there was something going on. Did Burke get surgery on his hand? I don't know. They're very – we have uh, somebody asking on YouTube a lot of questions about a Denzel Burke. I don't know. I'll just be honest with you guys. I do not know. I would love to let, let you know. Um, we'll find out, though. We will find out. We'll see what Ryan Day has to say about it. Um, obviously, something's up there. They said there was nothing to see when when Burt came out. We're waiting for interviews on Wednesday after practice. Burt didn't practice, comes out in street clothes, and they say, oh, nothing to see here. It was just an excused absence, nothing to see here. Now, first of all, we knew there was more to the story. Second of all, if I'm Ohio State, I would have done the exact same thing. Why announce to Wisconsin that Burke is out? So I'm not mad at Ohio State for fibbing to us. I would have done the same thing. But they did fib to us. I'm cool with it. I just hope Burke's okay. Yeah, yeah. Brass Tax on uh, YouTube says we're paper thin at corner. Yeah. This is, this is what we've been talking about, like, I love the talent at corner, but listen, I mean, you got nine scholarship linebackers. You got, if Parker Lewis would have been healthy, you'd have three scholarship kickers and you've got six scholarship corners. Now three of them. All right. Bill Curlick's in the house, three scholarship corners. We're going to get to that more six scholarship corners. Um, three of them are healthy. We've got the Dean in the house. Bill Curlick. Thank you for joining me, sir. Um, before we get to recruiting, your thoughts on this game? The Buckeyes are up 28-0 before we could blink. They blow out the Badgers. 
How about them Buckeyes? Well, as I tweeted out, I felt like this might be the Roberto Duran no moss time when it hit 28 to nothing. It uh, That was uh, uh, just uh, about as well as Ohio State, I think, can play. It was a, a great effort. They were totally overmatching Wisconsin. And uh, you saw a team very ready to play. Um, the stadium, I, I know, was was tremendous and just a great night for Ohio State football. All right. So what do we need to know about recruiting? Um, give me the overview, then we'll get into specifics. I know it's a, a lot of 2024 kids um, were here. I know a lot of Buckeye commits were here tonight. Uh, give me the overview on recruiting, my friend. Keon Keeley. Is that good enough there, Dave? No. That's good. Now that, uh, that is the name that everybody and – and I've seen a couple questions already, and what I've seen is Keon Keeley's name coming up. So uh, uh, I, I don't uh, joke too much when I say that. But uh, now he was here in Columbus, and, you know, <laughs> he is the number one guy to me left on the board. You've got – three great defensive ends and and maybe 1A, 1B, and so forth, Keon Keeley, Mateo Angalea, and uh, then, of course, Damon Wilson. But, you know, Keon Keeley is a guy that they targeted from day one to flip from Notre Dame. Step one was him decommitting from Notre Dame. He did that. Step two was getting him to make an official visit to Ohio State, which he did for the Notre Dame game. Step three came tonight uh, for this game. And, you know, I – Everybody had him as a lock to go to Alabama after he committed to Notre Dame. I didn't crystal ball him to Alabama because of this reason. I knew Ohio State was continuing to pursue him hard, and they are. And going into this visit, I said, I think Ohio State has pretty much drawn even or very close to even with Alabama for him. We'll see. He's still here, obviously. The visit's not over. He came from Florida. He's not getting on a plane an hour and flying home. You know, I expect him to be back at Ohio State tomorrow. The kids that come here from distance usually do that. Uh, they come back to Ohio State the next morning, and uh, we'll see what happens with that. But Ohio State is a big-time player in this battle, no question. Yeah, I think we only have about, like, 500 questions about him. Um, <laughs> so, like, uh, so, so you're pretty confident that he's going to be a Buckeye, if you had to say? <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd say that. I would say that. Ohio State is absolutely right in the game. Some things that Ohio State has going for him, for them, I should say, is that uh, I think both as a football player, personality, culture-wise, everything, he is a great fit for Ohio State. And I think he has seen now in two games what Jim Knowles does defensively. He likes to attack. What defensive end doesn't like to attack? and rush the passer and do that type of thing. So I think he's seeing a lot of great things. Now, my one hesitation is is that he still has, if he decides to take it, and right now, uh, going into this weekend, it looked like he probably would take it, he's got an official visit to go to Alabama. So, you know, we'll see. Does he go ahead and take that visit? And if he does, you know, that, we'll see, could maybe put them back in the driver's seat. But, uh you know, that is the biggest thing or one of the biggest things I think Alabama has going for them. But Ohio State may be piling up enough points that they can win out anyhow. All right, let's get to a lot of questions for the Dean. Um, all right, Rick on Facebook. Dean, was Charles Lester's visit on his own dime tonight? 
Yeah, absolutely. It has to be. He's a 2024 cornerback, and you cannot make an official visit uh, if you are a junior. So any of the long list of outstanding juniors at this game tonight, uh, Bryce West and Elias Rudolph, et cetera, et cetera, uh, any of them, they have to be on unofficial visits. Question about Jeremiah Smith from Jared. Was Jeremiah Smith at the shoe tonight? No, uh, he's the wide receiver from Florida, a uh, huge Ohio State target. I've crystal balled him to Ohio State. I did that really early. I continue to like that pick. But uh, I don't know. You know, I, I would see the rumors that he's going to be at Ohio State this weekend out on the Internet. And, and you know, I guess that's why you need to go to Bucknuts sometimes because I had put, you know, I had the information at least a week and a half ago that he wasn't going to be at Ohio state this weekend. Uh, and, and that is the case. Uh, doesn't mean he's not interested. He's very interested, but, uh, some of the, uh, guys from that, uh, seven on seven team, South Florida express came up, including Carnell Tate, the, uh, wide receiver from Ohio state, Brandon Ennis, but Jeremiah Smith was not going to come up this weekend. How about Kate Stover, as we talked about? We have Jeremy on Facebook asking, you know, with Stover looking like a beast out there, Dean, did we have any tight end recruits in the house tonight? I'll tell you what, I love watching Cade Stover do what he is doing. You know, that kid was one of my favorite kids in the recruiting process. I got to know him really well. Uh, Off topic, a little story. My daughter was student teaching at Cade Stover's school. Cade Stover was a senior, and and I was talking to Cade, and Cade said, "Oh man, I got to go into her room then and say hello and everything." And 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 that all that all happened is Cade and I got to know each other really well through the recruiting process. He uh, when he's getting ready to commit, he said, "Hey, uh, Mr. Curlick, he's a very polite young man." He said, "Hey, Mr. Curlick, you know, I'm, I'm going to commit." He gave me the whole story and everything. So I love seeing what Cade is doing. And as far as uh, tight ends, Demarion Witten. From uh, Glenville, I assume he was there, and I did not—I have not actually seen him, but uh, was supposed to be there. And I know Bryce West was there. Uh, they're of course teammates, so I assume Demarion Wutton was in the house. I'll have more information on that on Bucknuts uh, first thing in the morning, or maybe later tonight. But yeah, he—he'd be one to keep in mind. All right, a couple more. We'll get you out of here. Uh, this is again brass tacks on YouTube. Bill, any corner prospects show up tonight? No, I already mentioned uh, a couple, including uh, Bryce West, who is the number one 2024 kid in Ohio, prospect in Ohio, and he's a great player, great young man, and he was in the house tonight, and he's a guy, another guy that I've had crystal ball to Ohio State for a long time. He's not going to make a decision anytime soon, but, boy, I sure like Ohio State's chances. In fact, I love Ohio State's chances of landing him when he does make his decision. And, you know, an interesting player from Georgia that was at Ohio State uh, right now, uh, he's a corner, Josiah Abdullah, a 2025 corner that's got some really good offers so far. Not from Ohio State yet, but I guess I wouldn't be shocked if he would perhaps go home with an offer from Ohio State uh, tomorrow. And he was very excited. Uh, he messaged me. Uh, when he got to Ohio State and was about to go in the Woody Hayes facility, and, and he was very excited about being here in Columbus. All right, Rick on YouTube. Bill, how's the interest of Caden McDonald from his specter- from his perspective on a scale of 1 to 10 for Ohio State? Oh, Rick, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, the big guy is one of the 
top defensive tackles left on Ohio State's board. They don't have to get another defensive tackle because they have Will Smith. And they also have Jason Moore committed, who could play defensive tackle, could play defensive end, depending on what happens with the big three defensive ends. Uh, but they are interested, very interested in Cade McDonald. You know, it'll be interesting to see how his visit uh, turns out. I think going into this visit, maybe Clemson perhaps had a slight edge, but High State gets these guys on their visits, and, um, you know, things tend to sometimes change. We have somebody saying they would love a seat at the table with the Dean and Jack Park. <laughs> my favorite guys, by the way. Uh, okay, one more. We'll get you out of here. Um, tight end. Thurman's already committed to Ohio State. Uh, Ryan on uh, YouTube wants to know, will Thurman, the tight end recruit, stick with Ohio State, Bill? Yeah, Ryan, I really think he will. Um, Auburn has been trying to flip him. Right. I don't see that happening. I'll be, you know, I'm not saying it's impossible because Auburn's going to continue to recruit him till the end. Um, he's got some friends. He's got one of his good friends that's committed to Auburn. He's got some other friends that are considering Auburn. All those guys, uh, guys from the same school, uh, went to the Auburn Penn State game. And, you know, that might be the best thing for Ohio State to have one of their commitments go to see Auburn when when Penn State is beating them uh, badly. But in any event, I really feel good about Jelani Thurman sticking with Ohio State and signing with the Buckeyes. And he has a tremendously high ceiling. He 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 to me reminds me of a guy that could maybe be like a a David Njoku for for the Browns now that was a number one draft choice. I think he's he's got a tremendously high ceiling. Uh, his dad played in the NFL. His mom played in the WNBA. So those are pretty good bloodlines there. Of course, you got to mention your guy David Njoku after his big game <laughs> against the Steelers. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, he, he, he he finally started earning his uh, four, $13, 14000000 million contract, I guess. He did have a heck of a game. He looked good. He did look good. You look good. Uh, you sound good. You always have great information. Thank you so much. We'll let you go. Uh, get to bed, my friend, um, or get back to work, whatever. I don't even, back, know, if you, work, I don't even know if you sleep. <laughs> I don't even know if you sleep. But um, thank you so much. I'm glad your guardians look like they're going to like win their division and go to the playoffs. <laughs> Happy for you there. Magic number, Dave, is now one. Are you now, I mean, are you good? I mean, like, I hear, like, they even have, a, people are calling them the, the guards. I heard that for the first <laughs> the time. Like, like the, go guards. Are you, are you there yet? Are you still Indians, or is it like, are you? I, I'm still the Indians. I've said that for 60 years. <laughs> but I, I'm, I will say, I with all their comeback wins, I can at least maybe call them, maybe call them the Guardiac kids. Maybe. Oh, oh, I see that. There you go. We're missing, yeah. missing the Browns of the, of, yeah. of the early 80s with, with your Cleveland Guardians. There you go. I love it. Oh, you're love the man. You. Thank you so much to the Dean. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much. He is the Dean. Thank you, well, sir. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Have a good rest of your work evening. Oh, you too, my friend. Thank you very much. A lot of people saying thank you. Thank you to the Dean. Thanks again to Bill Curlick. Appreciate it, my friend. Take care. All right, how about that? The Dean stopping by. Love that. Absolutely love that. We'll hear from Steve Hellwagon. We'll hear from Patrick Murphy after Ryan Day's press conference and the rest of Ryan Day's press conference going on right now. Ryan Day moves to 38-4 and four as the Buckeyes head coach. 38-4. and four. Pretty good uh, record if you can get it. Yeah, I know. I'm a, I'm a big Bill uh, Curlick stan. 
Everybody giving Bill Kerlick uh, props. Keep it coming. He's awesome. He's fantastic. He's a great man. He works his butt off. Um, can't say, and I'm, I'm serious. I'm not just saying this. Like Bill Kerlick's a great man, husband, uh, father, obviously great at recruiting. Can't say enough about Bill Kerlick. He's just a, he's, he is the man. I love, I love all this. I love all you guys giving like uh, just flowers to the Dean. Right. And exactly. That's, that, that's damn right. Eddie on Facebook. It doesn't get much better than the Dean. That's right. Michael, the Dean is the man. That's right. Okay, Rick has a question. Dave, did our boy Caden Curry get in? Yeah, he got in, but late. This is why, like, I'm I'm, I'm glad now I'm gonna like do the written version of what we learned, like after I rewatched the game. So I saw I saw 92 in there late, but uh, I don't think he played much. Like when the game was on the line, although the game wasn't on the line for very long, was it? Um, but seriously, I mean, I did see Caden Curry in there, but like not till pretty late in the game. All right, we have somebody saying on – this is Jimmy. Just remembering how Michigan bullied us last winter and just saw an undermanned Wisconsin team have their rush – have their running back rush for almost 200. Okay. Uh, yeah, he got um, – <laughs> how much of that almost 200 did he get after, like, the game was decided? He got at least 75, and the Buckeyes had their third string out there. Like, if you're worried about this defense, I don't know what to tell you. Like, they like, they are getting after it, and they're without their two starting corners. Okay. Anybody watch the Wisconsin or the Michigan Maryland game today? You still worried about Michigan? I'm not, especially coming here for the first time in four years. That's not going to go well for them. November 26th is happening. We're two months away now. It's happening. It's going to be a bad day for Michigan. It's going to be a bad day. It's going to be a bad day. The only reason Maryland lost that game, or at least that wasn't like didn't go to overtime, is because the, the opening kickoff hit the, off the dude's face and went to Michigan for a touchdown. That was the deciding factor in the game. Maryland looked like the better team to me. Now, Ohio State has to go to Maryland, too, but still, I'm not worried about Michigan. Ohio State plays their B game. They're going to beat anybody on their schedule. They don't have to play their A game. Just don't play your C game. Don't play your D game. You play your B game, Buckeyes will go undefeated. Now, you can't play your B game in the playoffs. Then you got to play your A game. You can play your B game and go 13-0, including Minnesota in the, in the Big Ten Championship game. All right. Just some questions here. So um, what are the expectations for Brown and Hancock's return? So I don't know about um, Cam Brown or Denzel Burke when they're going to be back. With Jordan Hancock, I think it's probably after the – probably after the bye. So probably like week eight, game seven is my guess because Ryan Day referred to it as a significant injury in camp and he is not practicing yet, but he's close to practicing. So let's say he gets back to practice this coming week, which is probably best case scenario. It's going to take him a few weeks to get acclimated knock the rust off, you know, get back to full go. So maybe, you know, after the bye week at the earliest, my thing is just get him healthy. Like, I don't care how long it takes, just get him healthy. Um, so I don't know about the corners. It's this is this is the thing. This is like people were saying like, oh, you guys are like like bitching about like they only have like six scholarship corners. Well, yeah, that's bad roster management. Like both things can be true. You can love Ryan Day. I love Ryan Day. Love him. You can love Ryan Day and also call a spade a spade and say having six scholarship corners is roster mismanagement. 
you cannot only have six scholarship corners. You've got three scholarship kickers. If the USC kid would have been eligible, you got nine scholarship linebackers. How do you only have six scholarship corners? Come on. And I didn't even want Eli Ricks. I'm not even talking about him. Forget about him. I know there's been a lot of talk about Eli Ricks. He's not even playing at Alabama. Forget about him. You're telling me they couldn't find another corner to come in here, or you couldn't talk Ryan Watson to staying. Like, to have six scholarship corners when you have 85 scholarships is roster mismanagement. And now you're down to three. Now, thank God those three are healthy right now. I don't know if we saw Ryan Turner much tonight. Jair Brown, true freshman. J.K. Johnson, redshirt freshman, are your starting corners. Your top three corners are hurt right now. So it's not just like your top three corners are hurt. You only have six scholarship corners on the entire roster. I, I don't get it. And I love Ryan Day. But that, and it's not just him. It's, you know, everybody who has anything to do with putting the roster together. Can't happen. Can't have six scholarship corners. Okay? Never seen that before in football. Especially when you have nine scholarship linebackers, some of which I don't even know uh, why are even still on the team. And you only play two like linebackers at a time. And I know you only play two corners at a time, but a lot, sometimes you're playing three corners, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't get it at all. How you're going to have nine scholarship linebackers, three scholarship kickers. You only have like six scholarship corners, but overall this Ohio state team is loaded. I absolutely love where they're at. CJ Stroud is your Heisman favorite for a reason. He had that one bad uh, interception. We're all like, Oh, how, how did that even happen? Like he's not perfect, but, uh, Love what I'm seeing out of C.J. Stroud overall. Um, so what is it now? So it's like, what, 16 touchdowns, one interception on the year. Heisman favorite for a reason. Let's get some more questions here. Gino on Facebook, how much did Mike Hall Jr. play today? He played. He, they rotated him. They, it looked like he was on a pitch count to me, Gino, but uh, he definitely played. Um Brandon on Facebook. Do I think Ransom will be back next week? It's so hard to tell because they don't like let us know about injuries. And I, I wouldn't either. Like, why are you going to tell the media? Because then you're going to tell your opponent. Um, they're playing Rutgers next week. So they'll be fine. Matt on YouTube. What was my opinion on how the D line played? I thought that they did a good job um, winning the battle, of the line of scrimmage. I mean, you know, they didn't, um, you know, have a lot of like great plays or anything like that. But I thought they got after it pretty good. I thought that, you know, this is a good Wisconsin offensive line and, and Ohio State stymied them. I mean, again, it was 28 nothing before we could look. I think after that, it was kind of like Ohio State was just like kind of keeping stuff in front of them. I think you have to look early in this game how Ohio State just got after them. So I like how the defensive line played overall. Are they getting all the sacks that we want and all the like the, you know, glamorous plays? No, but um I love what I'm seeing that as defense. Speaking of which, Ben on uh, YouTube, <laughs> Ben saying, I guess Knowles answered the question about the 4-2-5 defense against the run. That's damn right. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's like, here's the thing about his 4-2-5. Um, here, here's, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing about the 4-2-5. Like, yeah, there's five DBs out there, but three of them are, um, you know, safeties who bring the wood. You know, I mean, these these safeties are coming with bad intentions. You know, that's the way Knowles coaches them. He's not trying to like play like a four two five, or they're like, you know, playing like a prevent. So, um, yeah, I said I said Rutgers next week. Yeah, yeah, Rutgers next week. Do I have that right? It is no, it is Rutgers next week, right? I believe it is. Yeah. Do I think the D line is rotating too much? You know what? 
I'm okay with it tonight. Now, against like in super, super, super big games, you know, like when the Michigan game comes around, I definitely want to see less of a rotation. And Ryan Day's talked about that too. Ryan Day's talked about that too. So, yeah, I mean, I do want to see a little bit less of a rotation, but they've got a lot of talent on that D line. Larry Johnson likes to keep him fresh. Although that doesn't really mesh with Jim Knowles' philosophy. Jim Knowles' philosophy is you're a starter for a reason. Mickey Marotti is the best strength coach in the country for a reason. If that's the philosophy in the back seven, why is that not the philosophy uh, for the defensive line? <laughs> I love it. Matthew on YouTube. The best thing about 4-0, the chance to go 5-0. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Wow, Northwestern lost to Miami, Ohio. Yeah, not uh, not the Hurricanes. Northwestern. Northwestern's pattern uh, under Pat Fitzgerald has been good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. Instead, this cu- last couple of years is bad, bad. Bad last year, bad this year. They lost. They won their opener over there in uh, Ireland, and they've been bad since then. Matthew on uh, YouTube saying Tommy Eichenberg will be an All-American linebacker. I agree with that. I mean, he's been a revelation. I thought last year he was a liability for most of the year. But now we know that was mostly scheme, coaching. Uh, And even with that scheme and coaching, something clicked for him in the Rose Bowl, and he's been a dude ever since. Tommy Eichenberg, all of the props to him. I I just – David on YouTube saying Tommy Eichenberg continues to feed me crow and I'm glad to eat it. Probably the most improved player I've seen at Ohio state in my 45 years as a fan, David, you're not alone. I I was like, I don't know if he's really like Ohio state caliber linebacker. Now I'm talking about him as like, this is like as good of linebacker plays I've seen in a long time. I love it. And it, it helps that he's got a coach in Jim Knowles that knows how to coach him. Like, Tommy's moving around, doing a little bit of everything. He's a sure tackler. He's more athletic than I think we give him credit for. And a lot of times he's coming through that A gap on a blitz and coming fast and times it so well. His instincts are good, and Knowles knows when to call it, and he just disrupts everything. Love that. I mean, you could not have started a game any better than that. John Crystal Ross on Facebook saying, man, I just want to say how we started that game tonight, how he loves how we started that game tonight. Exactly. I mean, it's – it's 28 to nothing before we could even blink. And it wasn't like it was like they were just giving them. I mean, that Mertz to McAllister interception was a gift. But, like, overall, it was just Ohio State just taking it to them. And you know Wisconsin came in here fired up. Here, oh, Ohio State's beat you eight straight times. How about that 59 to nothing game? By the way, I mean, I loved Herb Street. But, like, he, did you guys hear, like, Herbie tonight say something like, Man, like this is like the, the, the worst like Wisconsin's ever been beaten by Ohio State or something. He's something to that effect. It's like, yeah, except that Big Ten championship game where they lost 59 to nothing to Ohio State. Other than that, little minor detail. But I love, I loved, you know, Herbie did a good job tonight, and it's cool seeing his son out there and uh, really cool stuff with that. All right, questions about Michigan. Yeah, I watched that whole game. Rift of, I don't even know, like this. Agnes from YouTube was not impressed with that team up north today. Do they suck or is Maryland for real? Michigan does not suck. They don't suck, but they're they're not the number four team in the nation. They're a good team. Michigan's a good, very good team, but Maryland's got a really good offense. Really good. Tunga Vailoa had a bad interception, but he's a very good quarterback. 
and Maryland's the only team in the Big Ten with all five starters back in their own line. They've got a big, good offensive line. Two guys are going to be NFL picks. Um, they've got four good wide receivers. They've got two good running backs. Maryland's offense is for real. Now, their defense, I don't think, nothing to write home about there, or even email home about. Like, there's nothing you don't even want to text home about Maryland's defense. It's okay. They've got some athletes. But Maryland's offense is for real. But I, I also – think Michigan was exposed to some degree today. They hadn't played anybody with a pulse. There's 131 teams in FBS, 131 teams in FBS. Michigan coming in today had the 131st schedule in the country, the easiest schedule in the country, okay? Out there playing Colorado State, Hawaii, and uh, whoever they played last week. Who did they play last week? Uh, was it uh, – man, I can't remember now. Uh, UConn. Played UConn. So the easiest schedule in the country coming in, 131 out of 131. First time they got punched in the mouth. Maryland led them 13 to 10. Um, Michigan's a good team. Michigan does not suck. Uh, and Maryland doesn't suck. But Michigan's not as good as some people thought. They, again, they came in here with the easiest schedule in the country. And Maryland gave them everything that they could handle at home in Ann Arbor. Michigan favored by 17. They win that game by 7. Jeremy on Facebook. Does anyone else think Emeka is the best wide receiver? Love this dude. I mean, I love him too. But, like, I also love Marvin Harrison Jr. I love both of them. I love both of them. And then when JSN gets healthy, let's hope he gets healthy. This is exactly what I was talking about with playing him in the Toledo game. I mean, this is not hindsight's twenty twenty because we talked about this on, you know, like two weeks ago on the show. Like, well, should they play him if he's healthy against Toledo? It's like – well, he's got to knock the rust off and everything. Like J Jackson Smith and Jigwood does not need to knock any rust off. He'll be fine. What you don't need to do is re-injure your hamstring because that's the most easiest injury in the world to re-injure. Anything you know about, you don't need to be a physician to know that, just following sports. What injury lingers more than anything else? Hammies. And then what does he do? He immediately re-injures it. So I don't know why he played last week, but anyway. Um, Mecca Buka is fantastic. So is Marvin Harrison Jr. They got to get JSN back. They don't need JSN back to beat Iowa or Rutgers, but they need JSN back to win the national championship. Rest him. Get that hammy 100% or at least as close to it. You don't need to rush him back, okay? They're going to be just fine against these teams on their schedule. I mean, maybe even rest him till the Michigan game. I don't even care. I'm sure that's not what he wants to do, but um, Mike is saying never take that school up north for, uh, for granted. I agree. I mean, I've seen so many things happen in this rivalry. I will say this, though. Ohio State is not going to take them. This team, with what happened last year in Ann Arbor, it doesn't even matter what we say, what I say, what anybody says. Like, the coaches and players. I don't even think most of the players, if any of the players, even really hated Michigan going into last year's game. They disliked them. They said they hated them. They hate them now. They're going to be fired up. Michigan took it to them last year. So, we, yeah, of course don't take Michigan for granted. Trust me, Ohio State's going to be so fired up going to that game. And where's that game at? Oh, yeah, it's right here for the first time in four years. It's going to be a bad day for Michigan, telling you. Duncan on YouTube says he's more worried about Maryland than Michigan after today. I don't know if I'd go that far, but Maryland's offense is legit, man. They are legit. Tunga Vailoa looks like a legit, like he'll be an NFL quarterback, a little smaller than his brother, but uh, he's a dog. He can run it. I mean, he's tough. 
Um, he's, he's got a good arm. He's got two good running backs. I said a really good offensive line, four really good wide receivers. That's a really good offense, Maryland. But here's the thing. Maryland's defense against Ohio State's offense, good luck keeping up with them for 60 minutes. Steven on YouTube, did I see Michigan secondary? The Buckeyes are going to dice them up. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like DJ Turner. They have a corner who I think is really good, Michigan. Other than that, not seeing anything I like out of that secondary. I mean, from an Ohio State perspective, I like everything I'm seeing other than DJ Turner. But, like, seriously, from, like, if you're just looking at it, like, if you're a Michigan fan, like, DJ Turner is a, is a dude at corner for them. Other than that, I don't even, I don't even know what they're doing in the secondary. Not impressed at all. Again, though, Maryland has a very good offense. You got to give them credit. Um, we have a question from Matthew on YouTube. Is Mayan Williams gone after this year? I wouldn't be surprised. We've seen, like, first of all, he's a running back. Um, you know, short shelf life. He can go pro for this year. I mean, people are going to be like, oh, come on. There's no way he will. Like, I mean, Noah Brown went pro after his third year. And Noah Brown's doing good things. Seventh round pick by the Cowboys. Unfortunately for my Bengals, uh, tore it up last week. Jalen Marshall went pro after his third year, undrafted, but still went pro. So the point is, is mine going to go pro? I don't know. I think there's a good chance he will, especially if he keeps looking as good as he does. He looks really, really good. On Facebook, does Tommy Eichenberg reach 100 tackles this year? This is from Don on Facebook. So we had 19 coming in tonight after three games. You know, Don, it probably depends on how many games they play. I'm going to go with yes. He'll be right around there. Ronnie Hickman had 100 last year in 13 games. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, he will have 100 tackles this year. I mean, Tommy Eichenberg is that dude. He's that dude. He really is. Yeah, we've got a lot of people talking about Fleming. We've talked about Fleming. Buckeyes fan up north. Uh, enemy, enemy territory. Buckeyes fan up north uh, on YouTube saying, don't forget to mention Julian Fleming. We've talked about Julian Fleming. He – Played very well. How about that catch where he caught it? Kind of looked like he was going down, put his hand on the ground, like boom, and went right around. Uh, that Wisconsin defender who's a good defender. That was like, oh, okay, that's number one wide receiver in the country type stuff right there. Good to see Julian Fleming making plays and good to see Julian Fleming healthy, especially with JSN banged up. They can more than get by with the wide receivers they have if they have like one guy down. What they can't have happen is like they've got two or three of their top guys down. You get Mecca Buka, uh, Marvin Harrison, Julian Fleming. You're good to go, um, even without Jackson Smith and Jig. But what's crazy? We're talking. They lost two first round picks, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, and the other stud is JSN. I'm sitting there saying, eh, they'll be okay as long as like those other guys don't get hurt. But it's real. I mean, you know, Mecca Buka is a stud, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a stud, and Julian Fleming is on that path. He looks like he's a uh, very close to stud status. So again, we're going to hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Helbig as soon as interviews wrap up and they get a chance to hop on. Oh, Buckeyes. So, you know, it, life is good again, 52 to 21. And it wasn't as close as the score indicates. It wasn't as close as Buckeyes went by 31. They're favored by 19 and it wasn't as close as the score indicates. So love it. A lot of questions about the D-line is not getting to the quarterback enough. 
that's fair. A lot of people are saying that. We got Patrick Murphy live from the horseshoe. Patrick Murphy, welcome into the show. What's up? How are you doing? Oh, I'm tired, but good. So, what did you think, man? What did you think coming into the game? And what were your thoughts when Ohio State jumps out 28 to nothing before you could blink? Yeah, I mean, that was the, the difference for me. I mean, if, if you go back and read the prediction I put in our roundtable, it was significantly less scoring because I thought Wisconsin would be able to run the ball some, like Notre Dame did, and, and kind of slow this game down and, and run some clock. And, and the Buckeyes just wouldn't have as many possessions. But then you come out, you score right away, you get the turnover, you score again. You know, all of a sudden you're up 21 nothing. And I was like, this this is not a good recipe for success for Wisconsin, obviously, because this isn't a team built to come back and in a game like this. And, you know, Ohio State, I don't want to say they let their foot off the gas, but I do think they, they let, you know, it could have been a lot worse, I guess is what I'll say. So I was surprised by kind of how it played out early. And I think that set the tone. And when you, you can do that, and especially that first drive, the way that they did it, three passes, three runs, the passes and spreading them out, I think really opened up things for the running game to get going as well. And, you know, I think it was a really balanced performance. We hear Ryan Day say that a lot. And they're not always balanced, but uh, tonight I thought they really were. And it was really effective offensive plan. All right, what are you hearing about, like, what did they say about, like, Denzel Burke, Cam Brown? Give me the update on, on those guys. I mean, first of all, I mean, like, Ohio State's down to, like, their fourth string. Because Jordan Hancock would have been the third string corner coming into the year. You're down to your fourth string corner and your fifth string corner starting tonight. J.K. Johnson, Jair Brown. What are you hearing about Denzel Burke and Cam Brown? Yeah, well – we got the same uh, not long-term answer from Ryan Day. That seems to be the, the word he likes to use is long-term uh, or not long-term. So, you know, we'll see. I, I don't think he's lied to us about it yet, but uh, it certainly hasn't been, uh, you know, an injury like Jackson's is, is one that's a little confusing when you keep saying not long-term and he's only played in really one game. But the corners, Denzel Burke did come out and warm up at the beginning uh, before they put the pads on and everything. And he did have the, this big, like, wrap on his hand. It, it kind of looks like a, you know, club. And so I thought he was going to play when, when he was initially out there and just do it kind of one-handed, as we've seen cornerbacks do before. But uh, then when they came out for final warm-ups with the pads, he was not dressed. So that, to me, seems like something minor. Um, you know, he – you know, I don't know if he had surgery on his, his hand. That's, I heard somebody mention that. I don't know if that was thrown around out there. But, the uh, you know, he, he – seems to be a guy who was questionable and they decided just not to not to push through cam brown we obviously saw him leave last week's game with the injury i imagine it's a carryover from that look i i have to take ryan day at his word because they're so secretive about these injuries and so i have to think that you know they think that these guys can come back you know we'll, we'll obviously try and get more information but it's try, trying to get information from like a, a lock safe about these injuries here and and, you know, how, how we can report on them. So I wish they'd be more transparent with us. I don't see the harm, um, especially leading into a game. But, you know, it, it doesn't sound like anything's too serious right now. Well, that's good news. Um, so Kate Stover. Yeah. My goodness gracious. Like, we joke every year, oh, this is going to be their Ohio State uh, tight end catches 30 receptions. Um, and no one made that joke coming into this year. And then it's going to happen this year, unless he gets hurt. This dude's a beast. Yeah, he was on pace. I wrote about this this week. He was on pace for 32 catches through three games. So, you know, he just – I think he probably continued right along with that and obviously got in the end zone tonight. It's funny because he wasn't 
a guy that they recruited to be a tight end, you know, even a, a Jeremy Ruckert and some of those guys that were wide receivers that they knew they coming in, they were going to play tight end. Kate Stover was recruited to play defense and, and he has played defense for this team. He did it in the Rose bowl. And now he's coming out here and looking like one of the best tight ends, at least statistically that they've had. And he, he does it in the blocking game too. It's not like he's just a receiving tight end, but you know, he's, he's running great routes. He's getting open. He's catching touchdowns now, which is the one thing he hadn't done in his career. He didn't have a touchdown catch before tonight. Now he's got two. So, yeah, it's pretty remarkable. This uh, this farm kid who, you know, until this year, he, he talked about it last week. His heart wasn't in playing offense. He wanted to hit people. He wanted, he wanted to be a linebacker. And finally this year, after that Rose Bowl, he kind of settled into it. He said the Notre Dame game was the first game where he felt like he was worn out and, and beat up the way he was when he played defense. And, and he could play defense – as an offensive player and, and, you know, have that contact and, and whatnot. So I think this guy's the limit. And, you know, if, if you're going to continue to have these, these nagging injuries, you've got a weapon in Cade Stover that no one really expected. So, you know, I think this passing game just keeps finding ways to get it done. Even when you do have guys out. All right. I hate to ask you to, to choose between your children. I know you don't actually have children, but who's the better running back on this team? Mayan Williams or Travion Henderson? Yeah, uh, I don't think I can answer that because of your uh, bold prediction and my having 10 touchdowns. No, uh, that's funny. You know, we, we just that was a lot of the press conference that we were in and, and just how this works, because we've seen at Ohio State before. You've got J.K. Uh, J.K. J.K. Dobbins, excuse me, and Mike Weber, and they couldn't get that tandem to work one year. They, they tried it with Trey Sermon and Master Teague. That didn't work. Um, so the fact that they figured out a way to get these two going and they're both going right I mean both over 100 yards tonight is is impressive on the coaching staff but more impressive on these players and we just talked to Mayan Williams and he's a man of, of very few words but he did you know I asked him multiple times about like why you know in different ways why this is working and he just said we're selfless we don't we don't care about the stats and somebody else asked him would it work as well if one of you wasn't as productive as the other one he said probably not you know he admitted that the fact that they're both good helps I've avoided answering your question Look, I still think Travion Henderson is the more talented running back, but I think Mayan Williams is producing in a big way these last two games. I mean, you go back to the Arkansas State game, he didn't have a great game, and, and Travion Henderson had a pretty good game, but I think that's what you can do with these two is, is either they're both going to get rolling or one's probably going to get rolling. And credit to this offensive line tonight, and I said this to Steve when we were up in the press box, they're opening holes now, and this is against a, a Big Ten team, you know, We'll see what Wisconsin ends up being this year, but this isn't a, a non-conference cupcake game. They were opening big holes for these guys to run in, and that makes it easy for any running back, and I don't want to take anything away, but I think the offensive line deserves mention there. Great minds think alike. You and David Stewart on yes, uh, YouTube saying the way Justin Fry has the O-line looking. Uh, top O-line recruit should be looking harder at Ohio State. I'm not going to ask you to talk about recruiting, but, uh, I mean, that can't hurt. But this offensive line, as you mentioned, is playing really, really well, Patrick. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the one thing that I was still looking for from this group because we knew they could, well, it was a different group last year, but they pass protected really well. And then to start this year, you know, CJ Stroud has tons of time. I mean, every once in a while he has to scramble, but it's, it's very infrequently. But now they're, they are moving the defensive linemen back and, and giving the running backs holes to run through. It's not the, the dancing around in the backfield that we saw at some points last year, even a little bit at points earlier this year, but I, yeah, I think that was kind of the next step for this offensive line. I think, as, as mentioned, Justin Fry has done a really 
really good job. I think it's interesting. Ryan Day said this a couple weeks ago that, that Justin Fry, because of what he did at UCLA, because he wasn't just an offensive line coach, he sees it from a more wide perspective, you know, in terms of the, across the whole field, offense as a whole, and not just the five guys as an offensive line, which is what a lot of offensive line coaches focus on. And so I think, you know, that, that kind of bigger picture ability to coach helps everybody involved, not just the offensive linemen. So if you're a Buckeye fan, we have the pessimistic Buckeye sure. uh, living up to his name saying we have a problem at corner. We will get exposed here soon. I mean, are there any quarterbacks like on the like on the schedule that are going to expose Ohio State? What do you think about that? Uh, that comment from the pessimistic Buckeye that there's a big problem at corner. And the Buckeyes will get exposed soon. Yeah, I mean, right now with with the depth issues that they have, I can certainly understand why that's a concern. And you know, I think when they're fully healthy, they're pretty good. Um, yeah, Denzel Burks had had a couple miscues. Cameron Brown got beat early last week, but I think they are pretty good all in all. Um, the the depth is a concern, and we knew that going into the year. Only six scholarship cornerbacks, two of them are true freshmen, and one of them had to start today. So I I do think that that's a little bit of an issue. If you look at the schedule, though, I mean, you know, who is going to throw all over this defense is, is it going to be Talia Tagovailoa at Maryland maybe I mean he had a good game today against Michigan he's a solid quarterback in the Big Ten maybe Penn State when they get to them if they've gone to Drew Aller because I don't think Sean Clifford is going to throw all over this defense I, you know Michigan State didn't look impressive today they're not throwing the ball well so you know not to say that it isn't an issue I just don't see you know while these guys may be out where they're gonna get exposed um you know I any quarterback could, could hit on a play. We've seen that happen already, but I just don't see where it's now. If they're still banged up going into the college football playoff, if they make it to that, yeah, then maybe you're going to have some issues if you're facing a, a you know, Alabama or somebody like that. But I think you can, you can worry about that when you get there. I'm not too concerned about what's going to happen that far off in the future. Last thing, I'll get you out of here on this. Anything else from the press conference that stood out? Like anything that you haven't touched on that you feel like, Buckeye fans need to know about from the press conference or just anything from the game that you need to get out there. I, it was funny. CJ Stroud or Ryan day got asked about, you know, CJ Stroud's high standard and the fact that a game like today, you know, not a great game for him. And, and CJ was standing off to the side when this was asked. So he got brought up again when CJ took the podium and, you know, he said, look, I'm not perfect. And he took blame for that interception that he threw, even though Ryan day said he just shouldn't have had him throwing it. He should have run the ball and gotten to the locker room. Uh, but, you know, I think CJ, I think it is really interesting with CJ because obviously the numbers he can put up and we saw it last week are, are ridiculous and it's a bad day at the office for him. And he threw for five touchdowns. I mean, you know, <laughs> he threw a pick. Yeah. And he threw, it was completion percentage. Wasn't great. Didn't throw for 400 yards, but he threw five touchdowns against what I think is a pretty good Wisconsin defense. They didn't look good today. And, you know, maybe they're not as good as we thought, but I, I do like what Jim Leonard does. Um, so you know, I think that that is, uh, is something to point out. Um, I, I don't know if there was anything else from the press conference. I just think this defense in general is just really impressive. And I thought tonight, you know, obviously they give up the one play at the end, um, but really they only had one drive because some of the, the starters came in even when, when Wisconsin had – or some of their starters were out, sorry, when, when Wisconsin was driving um, on that second touchdown. So – I'm just really impressed with what they were able to do. I thought tonight was a big test going up against this Wisconsin offensive line and how they would handle it. And we did see some three linebacker sets, but it wasn't a ton. And Jim Knowles was right. They could stop the run for the most part. 
with with the setup that four two five that he wants to do. So you know, I, I just really like the way they change things, the different looks they give offenses. I think that you know this is what you want from Jim Knowles, and they're just getting better. I think they're getting better every week. And you know, by the end of the season, this could be a really good defense. And if you mix that with a really good offense, and you know, they did it tonight without their top three cornerbacks, probably. And overall, they did it without their top three cornerbacks and their top wide receiver. I think he's still their top wide receiver, but these other receivers are really good. So, you know, it's it's hard to judge uh, where Jackson Smith and Jigba sits right now. Well, it's not hard to judge where you sit right now. Uh, you are standing at the horseshoe. Uh, get back to work, my friend. Thank you for your insights. Live from Ohio Stadium, he is Patrick Murphy. Thank you, my friend. Uh, appreciate your insights. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll tell Steve uh, to hurry up. I will. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, All right. man. Yep, appreciate see it. Take care. Patrick Murphy live from the horseshoe. Gotta love that. We'll hear from Steve Hellwagon very shortly. Um, <laughs> somebody asking is uh, Matthew does uh, Matthew saying Dave does Garrett Wilson carve up our Bengals tomorrow? Probably, uh, I wouldn't rule it out, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, people are talking about no Lathan Ransom tonight. I know that's another one that's just like a um, little bit of head scratcher there. He's got to be banged up. Let's get Steve Hellwagon in here. Steve Hellwagon live from the horseshoe. Steve, how are you doing? What do you think about this beatdown of Wisconsin? What do you think coming in? Were you surprised when the Buckeyes got up 28-0 before you could blink? Yeah, that was crazy, Dave. And uh, as the touchdowns were mounting, I was sitting here and I was like, man, every play goes for 10, 12, 14, 18, 20, 33 yards. I mean, and so I started counting them up. And I think 13 of the first 23 plays Ohio State ran when they went ahead 28 to nothing were 10 yards or more. 13 of the first 23. And the ratio at one point was like 10 of the first 15. And then then they cooled off. So it was it was nuts, man. They're picking up 10, 12, 15 yards of play on what's supposed to be a pretty good uh Wisconsin defense. It was like they didn't even show up. And um I don't know. Uh, talked to one of their reporters at halftime, and he's like, "This is going to kill any interest in the rest of the season for Wisconsin because they they got racked around pretty good in this one. I mean, they they were never in this. I mean, they were never, never in this game. Ohio State scores a touchdown to start, and and then I think they threw a pick like right after that, and the Ohio State's got the ball at the twenty yard line. I mean, going in, so." In the plays that were made, uh, the throwback to Cade Stover was amazing. Uh, C.J. Stroud threaded one between two defenders to Emeka Buka for a touchdown. That was amazing. Uh, Stover hurdled a, uh, a defender on the one touchdown. That was amazing. So, And then you have two running backs go for over 100 yards, Dave. I mean, that that's what you call – I mean, we thought they were hitting on all cylinders last week against Toledo. What well, was a MAC team? Well, they did it tonight against what's supposed to be one of the top two or three defenses in the Big Ten, and they just laid waste to them. I mean, it was uh, it was over early. I mean, if it was a fight, they would have stopped it. You know, TKO. You know, a first minute round. into the yeah, first round TKO. Uh, 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 oh. Michael Spinks and Mike Tyson from many thousand years ago. <laughs> over and out. On the mat, trying to over, get up and flopping around like a, like a dead fish. fish over and, water, over and out. I mean, oh. and you know, 
man, it doesn't matter who's not playing either, Dave. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Jackson Smith, the Jigba, not here. No show for four games. No problem. Top offense in college football regardless. Uh, let's see. No starting corners. Neither starting corner played in this game. Brown or Burke. Didn't matter. Did not matter. Jair Brown went in there and looked like a, you know, Looked like uh, like he played. Uh, you know, he hadn't even hardly played this year. I mean, it's it's nuts. J.K. Johnson did a great job. Uh, I don't know. I honestly, uh, there's so much to be excited about with this this team and this program that uh, you know you you just sit back. Tommy Eichenberg, he wasn't all Big Ten tonight, Dave. He was all American tonight. I mean, he was living in their freaking backfield and. He even made the the little cat, the little cat thing at the camera the one time after he got in there for the tackle for loss. I mean, that's when you know the guy's feeling it. When this guy, you know, who doesn't say two words to anybody, is posing for the cameras. That's uh, that's he's feeling it at that point. He's reading his keys, coming off, and uh, defensive line's doing a great job keeping people off of him. We wondered how are they going to contain this great running game by Wisconsin. No problem, buddy. No problem at all. So I can't say enough about this. This was impressive. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, not only did they lose the game, Clay Cundiff, one of their best players, the tight end, who knows what his situation's going to be. Uh, he was in a boot on the sideline, crutches. That didn't look good. Yeah. Didn't look good. So uh, to Jimmy Russler's asking about the defensive end pass rush. Who cares? Yeah, we have a lot of people asking about that. Get into Who that. We've got, we've got people thinking I'm like overlooking it. Like I, I was going to get to it. So we've got a few people asking about. We got Jimmy. We got somebody else who's asked like 50 questions about it. Um, what, what do you? I thought the defensive line like won the line of scrimmage, and that's why the linebackers were able to clean up stuff. I mean, Wisconsin well, wasn't able to do anything for like most of the game. What, I mean, I know people are frustrated with the lack of sacks and stuff. Like, what are you seeing from the DNs? Well. I see a lot of effort and I see a lot of pressure. Um, you know, uh, Mertz was not comfortable. I didn't feel by any, I mean, he ended up 11 to 22. It wasn't like he carved him apart or anything. Uh, so I don't worry about that, Dave. I, they, they didn't do anything passing the football in this game. They didn't do any, hardly anything. I mean, uh, in the first half, they had the one drive for like seven sixty-eight yards or something. It was like 10 plays for 68 yards. They ran 15 more plays for a total of 24 yards. Their offense didn't do jack. You can say it. They didn't do nothing. You can say it. You can say it. They didn't do jack shit. You could come at me some other week worrying about defensive impression. It's Sunday morning, man. It's Sunday morning, yeah. I got to go to church. Our church is celebrating 125th anniversary tomorrow, so I have to go to church and – I like need to church and, uh, ask forgiveness. Ask yeah. forgiveness for saying shit on uh, – And then, and then I have to worship, live. worship at the altar of the Jets and the Bengals at 1 o'clock. I need, I, need, I need all my Bengals friends to get a win finally, including Dave Biddle. But uh, I'm not worried about it. Not worried about it at all. Uh, they're, they're playing great football. They're playing great football. This defense, they slammed Wisconsin's head – in the car door. I mean, it was just, it was ugly. It was ugly. Listen, let's not get into like, don't tase me, bro. Look, come on. Let's not get into that. Um, so like, injury wise, what are you hearing about? What are you hearing about our guys, man? Denzel Burke, Cam Brown, 
Lathan Ransom? Like, what? what's going on with our dudes? Give me some updates. Well, Burke was out here with some type of wrap around his hand and couldn't play. Like, he had a club on his hand. He tried, I wasn't even dressed, I guess. So, I don't know if that's a, a broken wrist or a hand or a sprain or whatever that is, but he could not play. No idea what's up with Brown, although I don't think Brown's a long-term thing, according to Coach. And Jackson Smith, the Jigba, I mean, you know, uh, you know, s- s- sorry to see that this, you know, the season's kind of going right on by him and, and it's unfortunate. Uh, they're hoping to get him back for practice on Tuesday and maybe see him next week against Rutgers. Uh, this was maybe a case where they were pound foolish putting him out there last week against Toledo, hoping to get him in a groove and then he didn't get to play against Wisconsin, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter when you got Harrison and Abuka and Stover. And Julian Fleming, my goodness, what a touchdown that was. Dave, I, I don't even know what to say. I, I expected Ohio State to win. I picked it 41-20, to 20, which is a 21-point win, and they far outlasted that. It ended up 52-21, 31-point game, and it wasn't even that close. It wasn't even 31-point close. So I, I don't even know what to say. This Big Ten, it's going to be ugly. Rutgers, you know, they're terrible. Uh, Michigan State's terrible. Those are the next two games. Iowa's terrible. Iowa's terrible. Good Lord. How much for this tough schedule? Notre Dame won at North Carolina today. Ching, 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 ching. Wow. I picked North Carolina. The gift that keeps on giving. So, hey, Notre Dame, so Marcus Freeman is going to keep his job. They were going to keep him anyway for another year. I don't know about Tommy Reese, but all right, let's get you How out of here. The guy from Auburn. The guy from Auburn staring down a 25-yard field goal that gets shanked on the last play of regulation, they would have fired him. He would have got the uh, the guy at Arizona State, the Herm treatment. The athletic director and president would have been right down there on the field at Jordan Hare saying, hey, bro, got to go. Got to go. <laughs> yeah, Brian, yeah, they were trying to fire him during the offseason, the boosters were, and they gave him like a little bit of lifeline. And he's like, no, okay. you get your ass beat by Penn State 41 to 12. Like Missouri? at Auburn, like, oh, boy. Missouri? I mean, the MAC team gave uh, was it Central Michigan gave Penn State a better game uh, in Happy Valley than Auburn did at Auburn. Not good. Oklahoma right, out. This. It's like picking uh, line, your kids. We've had my line like, on Texas. Of- my line on Texas. You can't get the five losses until you get your second loss. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> the road to five losses goes right through the second loss. Oh my God! Yeah, you can listen. The best thing about having two losses is getting your third loss. And then you're on your way to five losses. Um, all right, so we've Oklahoma's got a lot of Oklahoma's going to smoke them. A lot of, now, again, this is like picking between your children. Uh, you have children. Uh, I have children, too. We don't like picking between our children. Um, who's the better back, Mayan Williams or Travion Henderson, Steve? God. <laughs> Man, I love them both. You got to love know. them both at this point. And you know, know what? Coach said it perfectly. It's a long season. You need them both. And uh, – Man, they're both in a groove right now. He said Travion Henderson had so much energy in the pregame tonight that it rubbed off on the entire team that he was raring, ready to go. He ran hard from the beginning, as we said, those first two, three drives. He was picking up 10- and 12-yard chunks. I mean, boom, 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 boom. You know, you write down first down, then you got to write down first down again. And then you got to write down first down again. They put up the third down conversions like, Third down, hell, they hardly run any second down plays. <laughs> they were terrible on third down because they only had like three of them the entire night. I mean, Jesus criminy. 
There you go. Now, you won't get in trouble in church for saying that. There you go. No, I'm good, good job. on that. Good job. All right, let's get you out of here, Steve. I appreciate you, man. All right. Steve Hellwagon live from the Horseshoe. Thank you, sir. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday morning. Appreciate yeah. you hopping on here. Buck nuts. No more night games. Live. No more freaking night games. I'm done with I'm done with the night games. Hopefully this is week. the last one. I'm, I bet there'll be one more. Last one here, I think. I don't think they're going to have another one here. At least there won't be one at Penn State either, so that's good. No. All right, thank you, Steve. Appreciate it, All my right, friend. Bud. All right, bud. See you soon. Thank you. Great stuff out of Steve Hellwagon. A lot of thank yous to Steve out there from Rick and others. Yes, thank you, Steve. Absolutely love that. <laughs> People are like, no more night games. I know. I, I know most of the fans like it. It's funny to hear from like one of the fans saying, please, no more, no more night games. Like from a reporter's perspective, yeah, please, no more night games. I also host a radio show here in Columbus at 9 a.m. every Sunday. Yeah, 9 a.m. That's that's coming. That's coming soon. 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. every Sunday here, uh, 97.1 The Fan here in Columbus. So not a huge fan of the night games, but, I mean, the atmosphere was good tonight. Um, I'm usually not a fan of the alternate uniforms, but I kind of liked them tonight. Um, I'll be clear about it. Once a year, as you guys know, if you've heard me talk about this, I'm fine with it once a year for a game like this. I just don't want to see the alternate uniforms against Michigan. Like, Ohio State's got one of the best uniforms. Again, once a year, that's cool. Tonight, fine. Have the blackout. All good. Um, but, um, yeah, most of the time, I, I love the noon games. Ryan Day even talked about that this week. He was like, he was asked about it. Of course, he's not going to say he doesn't like night games. He's like, you know, the schedule is what it is. But he said, you know, man, night games makes for a long day. He's like, those noon games, kind of like those. You're, you're, you're home by 430. You get the rest of the day ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, tell you what, give me, give me those W's. That's all I care about. Give me those W's. So um, we have uh, Jimmy saying they can see them moving the Maryland game tonight, not in November in the Big Ten. They're not going to move that game. That's that's the second to last uh, Saturday of November. There's no way that's going to be a night game. No way. Um, no way. Um, you can – I think it's been misreported uh, that you can't have a night game in November in the Big Ten. You can, but the road team has to sign off on it. There's no way Ohio State's going to sign off on going to Maryland for a, a road night game um, with the Michigan game the following week at noon. No way. And I don't even know at that point if it's even up to the visiting team. I don't think you can even do it like the second. I think you can do it like the first week. I think it's then it's like up for negotiation. But uh, once you get into like late November, there's no night games. 3.30 would be the latest that would be. So um, maybe we are done with night games. Penn State at Penn State's like a night game every year at Penn State, except this year. Except this year, it's either going to be noon or three thirty. We'll find out. Um, yeah, I agree with this. We have somebody saying the recruits like night games. I agree with that, which is why you need some, right? They've had three. That's good, and then the Michigan game is going to be a huge recruiting weekend. That's a noon game. That's good enough. So they've had three home night games. I think that's good. I'm not saying you don't need night games. I think three especially three out of the first four is a lot. Um, so we'll see. All right, let's wrap this up. It is really late. I don't even know how many of you guys are still even in here. Wow, it looks like we've got a lot of people still in here. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. If you missed the live broadcast, if you're just tuning in, you can watch the entire replay. We had Bill Curlick on recruiting 15 minutes under the show. We had Patrick Murphy live from the horseshoe. We had Steve Hellwagon live from the horseshoe. We've had great questions and comments. And um, 
Neil on YouTube is asking, was that Kirk and Chris's last primetime game at the Horseshoe? Man, I didn't even think about that. It probably was. Probably was with uh, ABC and uh, ESPN losing that um, that contract. Yeah, it could be. Hey, I really appreciate the comments. Josh, Crystal Ross, um, you know, saying that they love the show. Um, appreciate you guys. Mitchell saying love the show. Listen, I, I love you guys for tuning in. Like, you guys, this is awesome. It's like middle of the night. You guys are sitting here, like, like listening to me talk Buckeye football. Love you guys. And what a what a fun Buckeye team to talk about. We don't know what's going to happen, but I love this roster. I love this coaching staff. I love the way they're playing, and they're getting better each week. The way I mean, Toledo was an offensive clinic. Seven touchdowns in their first seven possessions tonight. Oh, it's going to be a tough game. Before you knew it, twenty-eight nothing. Wisconsin was buried, and you look at their sidelines; they are like bewildered. Like. Enjoy it. And you don't need to just soak it in right now. Just this whole season. This is going to be a fun year. This is going to be a really, really, really fun year. Um, it already is. And we're only, what, one-third of the way through the regular season. Then you get the Big Ten Championship game. Then the college football playoff. Man, this is, uh, this is a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Appreciate all the nice comments, all the questions. Um, you guys are really, really, really cool. Appreciate all the stuff out there. Yeah. Take it away, best damn band in the land. Yeah, how about that? Last thing. How about Ohio Stadium doing jump around there at the end of the third quarter? <laughs> Rubbing it in a little bit there. Let's do jump around. Get out your seat and jump around. Yeah, they got uh, Wisconsin got served like John McEnroe. All right, we will uh, we will leave it on that. Thank you very much to everyone for tuning in the show. You guys are awesome. Hope everyone has a great rest of your Sunday morning and a great rest of your weekend. What a win for the Buckeyes tonight. Uh, 52 to 21 over Wisconsin, and it wasn't even that close. It was, uh, you know, felt like it was uh, much worse than that. Wisconsin got a late touchdown to kind of make it look a little better than what it was, but still 52 to 21. Buckeyes are looking great on both sides of the ball, even with them being banged up. So kudos to the Buckeyes. Kudos to all of you. Thank you so much for tuning in. To Bucknuts, what we learned live. I will do a written version of what we learned for VIP subscribers on Bucknuts on Monday after I rewatch the game. Again, thank you so much to all of you. Thank you to Bill Curlick. Thank you to Patrick Murphy. Thank you to Steve Hellwagon for their insights. Great stuff from all of them. And again, thank you so much to all of you. Can't thank you enough. Go Bucks. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.